time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling on 4 o'clock hour. Reno is in. Las Vegas is here. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Justin Watkins, our legal insider, is up at his studio, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Lot to get into. Yeah, Willie was just asking you about TV viewing, and uh, you don't always have the time to be watching TV. TV guy, no. yeah. I, don't, I don't watch a lot of TV shows. I have one at a time that I can watch and sort of get through. Um, although... I did, I did commit last time to watching Hard Knocks, so I did watch the Lions season. I will watch this year. Who is it? Jets. Jets. Who is it? So, Who else? Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I'll watch, I'll watch it this year. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll get, I'll get off on the, on the tangent and watch some other stuff. But I just finished. I'm a little late to the game. Uh, but I finished uh, Shrinking. I love. I thought that was awesome. Love that show. I could not tell you where it's on though. Do you know where it's on? Apple TV. Okay, I can't keep track anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm lost. I I actually have a running list that I keep for the show, but it's also for me to go back and reference. On you know, on a night when it's slow, I'm like, wait, what was I watching? So I have like my top nine list. Uh, Apple's got a lot of good stuff. Shrinking is awesome because it's another one of those cases. Did I tell you about Bupkis? Mm -hmm. So Bupkis uh, has uh, Pete Davidson and his grandfather is Joe Pesci. So Joe Pesci's like 81. Brilliant. Harrison Ford in Shrinking. So good. Ridiculous. Doing comedy. Yep. Yep. So good. You told me about Bubkiss, but you didn't tell me about Shrinking. I, I can't I keep got, keep got, you up on all these saying. TV shows, Willie. Um, if, if you don't want to watch the whole series, uh, Justin, episode three of Quarterback, which is now this new that they 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 followed three quarterbacks from last season, will remind you of our good friend Ricky White. Because a lot, of, it's, it talks about it, the, the title of the episode is King of Pain. Okay. And you see all this um, maintenance and recovery. And so much of it is active release. Okay. Yeah. So it's one yeah, thing. That's when a we, Netflix when we quarterback the, on Mariota. Yeah. And Pat Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. And Cousins is actually, Mahomes gets a lot of treatment too, but Cousins, Cousins with a chiropractor. I'm like, what is this person? These people are like breaking him. No, but I guess it, I guess it saves exactly them. Exactly what Ricky does. Because I always tell people, I, she's a chiropractor, but she's our active release specialist. The last thing that we do is the adjustment. I'm there for 45 minutes doing everything that you see in those videos. It's wild. And so it, it's different. It's cool for me. It was cool for me to watch it because I was like, now I know what they're actually doing. Whereas if I didn't go to Ricky, that would be my take. Like, holy, what are they doing with this guy's body? Parts? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, All right. it was I'm me. in. I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll watch it. I'm, I'll add it to the list. All right. I like angst more than anything else. Justin Watkins is here, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. What's going on with some of the strike situations is going to get pretty intense. We know UPS and the Teamsters, and then we got SAG-AFTRA and you know all the bosses around the TV and movie world. Have you gotten a whiff of like how intense this is getting? Especially <laughs> out by the picket lines? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm getting a sense just by the frequency of the the national discussion about it you know whether you're listening to something on the radio they're talking about it you read uh, the newspaper they're about it and then of course anything on tv is all about it right now too so and now it's getting to you know some big names voicing opinions on it so i i can't say i'm watching it closely but i'm paying attention 
Tell me where a threat arises, right? The, the, with the spoken word. Here's Ron Perlman. He's been in lots of stuff. I mean, he plays a tough guy. He's a tough-looking guy. Was Clay Morrow on Sons of Anarchy, you know, kind of the, the boss, right, of the bike gang. And he gets into Bob Iger here. Uh, you know, apparently there's some executives who were like, hey, we're, we're willing to drive people out of their houses. And that, that pushed him over the edge. Listen to me, mother. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the said that. And we know who said that. And where he lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27 million dollars a year for creating nothing be careful mother okay be careful was there enough there that Iger would be like hey i'm afraid i'm gonna call the authorities i don't think so um i think that there is enough there to say everything he's talking about could be his reference to karma you know there's there's he put enough out there in a general sense to say when you put this kind of energy in the world, when you kind of wish this kind of stuff on other people, you got to be careful because <laughs> karma can come back and get you. I think that's a reasonable interpretation of it. So he was the, the, the overarching theme is karma. I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm saying it's plausible. Okay. Uh, but then secondarily, <laughs> I would say uh, it, the threat has to have some sort of immediacy and some sort of steps taken that make it for the recipient to be justified that there is imminent bodily harm coming. And I just don't think that unless this video was taken outside of his house, do you have that immediacy element to the threat? Outside of, well, I guess illegal, it, it all ties in, but from outside of a criminal activity and what he was saying, uh, someone hears that. Can they go get a TRO, TPO, whatever? No, no. I think the standard is the same. You, oh, you have okay. to you, you have to show that you there's a reasonable fear of imminent bodily harm, and I just <clears throat> I just don't think that exists here. All right. So, Willie, you uh, you found a story today. Uh, where the hell did this one come from? Tupac and a Vegas home. What's going on here? It just popped up on the timeline at the last second. So, what'd you read? What'd you read in the story? What did it say? It's just that they served a search warrant in Henderson uh, yesterday, and they have no further comment. That's it. But, I mean, it's just – it's now, if I'm not mistaken, there is no statute of limitation to murder, right, in Correct. the state of Nevada. Right. So an ongoing investigation. But, Justin, what, what – They've never closed this investigation, by the way. It's, it's always been open. So Outside I, of a weapon, what are they looking for? I don't know. Apparently, the house was over off of Wagon Wheel, and uh, – 95. That's old school. Yeah. Yeah. Out there. So I don't know. Be interesting. It's cool to see that they're still working on it. <laughs> I don't know what they're what they're trying to find. It might be a person of interest. Who knows? You could subpoena property, you could subpoena people. You could, you know. Um, so I, I imagine if they serve the subpoena and they're saying on the house, then they're not looking for a person. They're looking for something, uh, some piece of property. Maybe it's a weapon, maybe it's Something else connected could be a logbook, could be a journal, could be all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, so some sort of paper trail, payments, you know, could be anything like that. Someone keeping notes. That's right. Could be. I think the important thing there, I mean, obviously, is, is like I said, is um, people say, Jesus, that was so long ago. But no, no statute of limitations. There is none. And 27 it, years isn't that long, you know. 
I thought really to me in yeah. in the in the in the in the hey they're still you know looking into Tupac's murder. I, when they said twenty seven years, I'm like, huh. It feels like it's been longer than that to me. Not to you guys. It feels like it's been a long time since what Tupac do you think? was shot. Well, I mean, okay, it. I get what you're saying, but in three years it'll be third. It's three decades. It's it's been a minute. Yeah, it, but uh, but I get yeah. it. But I get you. You know what Justin's saying with your personal experience. Like yeah. I don't feel like I've. That's basically when I got here. Yeah, I was here a few months before that. Like I don't feel like I've been here for 27 years. Yeah, that was my senior year in high school. Whew. Now now Willie and I are feeling old. Not that we were old in 96. I was, oh, I was, maybe junior I was, year. I was very, oh, no. I was very young. No, just keep it secret. I still had a gleam in my eye. Still had the gleam. Um, <laughs> I guess that's why that seems so long ago to me is I went from childhood to adulthood, you know, but it seems like that was a long time ago. Uh, let's get to a couple of legal and also discussion points from the world of sports. And Justin Watkins is with us. He's a former assemblyman. And I, you know, I know you've been following very closely what we did with EAs and what's going to happen moving forward. I thought this audio on the Levitard show from David Sampson, who is a former executive with the Marlins and that uh, organization successfully duped uh, Miami into giving them lots of money. So he's an expert on this sort of thing. I want you to listen to him talking about the situation around Major League Baseball and how many stadium situations there are and sort of reinforcing the fact uh, when we talked about the A's coming here, we shouldn't have been in a desperate situation. Baseball has wanted to expand to 32 teams forever. Rob made sure that you were all aware expansions coming. We were talking about 32 teams before the Marlins even had a ballpark. So this goes back 15 years. Expansions only coming when Oakland and Tampa have their stadium situation taken care of. So expansion was coming as long as cities like Vegas step up and help Oakland and another city steps up and helps the Rays. And then there will be expansion, which means that some of the words delivered by some of the experts on the A side, we're stretching the truth a bit. Whether we would be in the mix for expansion, like we pass up on this, we ain't ever getting it. God, really? I would rather, much rather, got the raise <laughs> if right. we had to select between the two. But <clears throat> I mean, I think it was also, I think, pretty well known, uh, maybe not amongst lawmakers, but that expansion is inevitable. Now, if he's right, then we may have had to wait longer than we thought. Because if it, Oakland wasn't finding a home in Vegas, they were kind of stuck in Oakland. What were they going to, you know, it was going to take another several years probably to come up with plan C to figure out where to place them. And that hasn't even placed the raise yet. So maybe that if every, or if we're supposed to take everything he said to be true, you know, expansion could be another 10 years off before they get these stadiums fixed. And then he goes on in that video to say like, well, and then there's going to be stadium situations in Baltimore and Chicago. Sounds crazy, but they're the next wave. And I'm like, the, the, when I'm watching the video, I'm like, baseball is out of their mind. Do mm -hmm. they not realize like how marginalized and regionalized mm -hmm. they've become? Are they so out there that they think i mean they, they clearly are with the with the salaries that they're paying everybody they're necessitating well the revenue's there they're making a ton of money internationally but, 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 but is it going to continue and here's the flip side of it is and again i don't want to every time we talk about this it's a complaint about vegas getting involved and i just i wanted to warn everyone think about the business you're getting in with first of all there's some real interesting characters you can call them shady the the a's owner and the president, you know, spokesperson, they're they're weird people. I, I don't know if they can be trusted. Manfred is on that same level. Um, we're just finding out today that the Diamondbacks, you know, they shopped around a little bit for the regional TV network. 
Nothing. So baseball is going to take it over. We're getting into a sport where you've got markets that are like, we don't have local TV anymore. Well, that's what that's where I was just about to challenge you to say the revenue is not there. If you have put yourself into a situation where you constantly need to build new stadiums to create the revenue that you need to pay out the players that you just signed these contracts with, well, then the revenue is not there. If you have a product that RSNs don't want to touch, that local TV doesn't want to touch, and you have to buy it. Is the revenue really there? I don't, I don't, I disagree. I don't think it is. I mean, I think that they we might be peaking at, you know, Otani's going to peak it. He's going to get his billion dollars. I don't know what he's going to get. He yeah. deserves every penny of it. But are they going to be able to continue to be able to, to pull off all of these additional stadiums and increase revenue over the course of 81 home games in each one of these local markets and raise the prices to a point where people get priced right out. I mean, 81 games at several hundred dollars a ticket is that's crazy. Can't do it. So I I don't know. I I don't know that the revenues are there. The revenues are certainly there in six markets yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of them, I don't. I'm not so sure. I feel like we just bought at the peak of a real estate bubble. Yeah. And there could be a big crash for baseball, and we're like, wait, how much will we pay to get in? No, but we but we bought the lowest valued commodity. So I mean, at least we, we, yeah, we paid a good amount, a high amount for a fixer upper. No, but we gotta rent all the thing. But if there's a crash, everybody's just gonna be at the A's level. It's gonna be like oh, that's where an open air. Yeah, maybe 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 it's better for the A's. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Offices in Reno and Henderson and Las Vegas, 766-1400 is a number. In the north, you got to dial 775. Justin Watkins is here. Got to get into a couple of civil rights cases. One seems a little bit off. But first, you just threw me for a loop because on this show, we talk about TV all the time. And then who asked me the other day? They were like, how many subscriptions do you have? Oh, I think it was JVT. Like, how are you watching all this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I've lost control. And then I just thought, I don't have a family and I don't have kids. What do you do when you have kids with all the subscriptions they need? Well, most of the you like bundle something. Yeah. Most subscriptions work for everything, but like Apple now that my kids are at the age where now they have phones. So oh, all of a sudden, like, you know, they were coming to me like, Dad, can I download this song? Dad, can I, do, you know, so Apple has a solution for that. I think it's called Apple One. Apple One for the family. I think it's twenty two ninety five a month. So every member of the family has unlimited Apple Music, Apple TV Plus. Um, I don't know, whatever else is out. I, everything that Apple News, it's all it's all part of the bundle. But you got Willie all fired up about a show on Apple. Yeah. And I, I want to give you advice, Willie. Just don't watch some shows. Just pass on it. Well, I got to get. No, you can't pass on it. You can't pass on this one. What are you talking about? Pass on shrinking. Well, right now, because then you're going to go down that rabbit hole. You're going to have. Go ahead, Willie. Right now, I'm on Never Have I Ever. Okay, which you got me turned on to. So it's going to be a minute before I can get into it. I I don't like getting caught up in two three shows at once. So right now, I got Never Have I Ever and Quarterback to get through. Quarterback's only eight episodes. Never Have I Ever is four seasons, but they're twenty two minute shows. So I can watch three of them during a workout. Yeah. I got Jack Jack Ryan going right now. I'm right in the middle of Jack Ryan. So crazy. There's so much TV. Well, <laughs> that one's prime because we're on Amazon Prime, I I, so it's free. I, it's free. I have to get to that one too. Yep. 
It's a and, job, man. I mean, the, the acting First of Jack, world problems. The acting in Jack Ryan's terrible. Every what? season's been terrible. It's terrible. But whatever. I go, I like the I like I like the content, you know. I like the storyline, even though the Now I'm gonna like it awful. even more. Anytime someone yeah. says the acting's terrible, it's, I'm like, it's pretty solid. Yeah, no, like the idol. I, now I look it's, for it. It's so bad. No, I said like the idol. I uh, I didn't mind the acting by the weekend. Okay. So we got this case that has a lot of layers in this Northwestern deal. There's a lot of people out there defending Pat Fitzgerald. I think without reading the story and hey, it's old school versus new school and these, you know, these these kids are pansies now. Well, there's a lot of older players who were backing up the story and especially on the hazing front, but also to the some racial allegations. And now at least what, eight of the players have hired a civil rights attorney to try to file what? What are they looking for here? They haven't filed anything yet, but um, I think the the reason why the news is coming out, frankly, right now is because they're still in the recruiting and fact gathering phase. They want as many people to call their firm so they can match up as many stories as possible. Because when you have more together, it strengthens your claim. We've seen that. Saw that in the Sean Watson situation, which is, you know, if I can show repeat behavior along the same lines then everybody's case gets better or if i can go back in time and i could have somebody who said oh yeah i told coach and coach told and and the ad was in the room when i did it or they start piecing together who at northwestern knew what then they're gonna have a claim against northwestern um on a lot of different fronts. The first one would be a 1983 claim, which is a violation of civil rights, um, which any state actor, if they violate any sort of civil rights, your own personal um, space, any sort of assault, any anything along those lines are going to fall within those claims. Um, now, Northwestern's a private institution, but I'm sure they do get federal funding. So 1983 may or may not be a, lie there, depending on what their federal funding st- statuses um but still you're going to pursue a claim against the um university for lack of oversight uh negligent hiring training supervision so that everything that pat Fitzgerald did or anything that his underlings did is attributable to the university and the university is financially responsible for whatever that is justin Watkins with us all right jeremy pruitt is a really interesting case he got fired from Tennessee, six-year show cause, which is a hell of a penalty. It means he can't coach anywhere. Uh, I think upwards of, uh, what, at least seven of his former UT assistants also got in trouble. I mean, they're handing out money, which I think is commonplace around college football, but they were really sloppy at it. The funny thing is Pruitt kind of suggested that he learned uh, just to be kind of cavalier with the money from coaching at Alabama, which I wonder if Alabama is going to fire back with anything legally. But um one of the things he claimed, and I don't know where he's going with this, but did you see he said the weight of the COVID-19 pandemic, the nation's racial reckoning after the murder of George Floyd and empathy led him to gift $300 in a Chick-fil-A bag to a Tennessee player's mom. By the way, there was also, I don't know if you had a chance to read really deep in the story. One of the things that blew up in this case was they were uh, giving money to people or getting them spiffed at a nail salon. The mm-hmm. nail salon blew the whole thing up. All right. Which, you know, strange one, but it is, you know, but that's what you weren't paying them enough. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, it, the whole story is weird. And like, I give zero credence whatsoever to like why Pruitt says he was doing it. it he knew what he was doing was wrong. He implies that he's been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
what COVID-19 or George Floyd or any sort of empathy had to do with any of it in this one instance of $300. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe in that one instance, he had some sort of empathy towards this woman. And that's why it was such a low dollar amount and, but felt the need to give it to her. Um, but the reality is, is like the story is riddled with a person who knows he's doing wrong is doing it anyway in order to benefit him and his assistance in his program. Um, and then he gets caught. And you know what? Frankly, he admitted to a lot more than any previous person has admitted to. Um, I don't know that he had a lot of options in that. Maybe he thought he would get a more lenient sentence. And maybe, maybe he did. But six years show cause is the longest I've heard. I mean, is there any benefit to almost you know acting like you would in a federal case where you just flip and just tell on everyone? And the NCAA has really no power. So I mean, like NCAA when, don't want to hear it. When you're when you're spilling the bean, do you think they want to go after Alabama? You, no, you think exactly. They, they don't that want can to. Of worms? So that's tell, the thing. Say all you want. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna make Pruitt the the bad guy. We'll make Tarkanian the bad guy. And you know, as long as we're picking out some bad guys and we're punishing them here or there, we don't have to go after the ones who are really calling the shots and making all the money and the whole reason the NCAA exists. They like him trying to flip. If he said, "Hey, I got all the goods on on Alabama," they'd probably be like. Mm. I don't need that. Thanks. You know, like <laughs> they don't want to do that. Let's turn off the recorders. Yeah. And the cameras. Now yeah. we're going to say we don't want that. Right now. Man, maybe, maybe, maybe he does it as, you know, he can't work for six years. Maybe he writes a book. Maybe he tells all the stories. I don't uh, know. You know, I mean, I'm sure he'll get some legal. I mean, if he's good, shots you know, fired like, at him. like Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl was kind of a snitch and now he's back on top of the college basketball world. He found his way back in, so he didn't get blackballed completely by the schools and the coaches. If you win, someone will hire you. Problem was with Jeremy Pruitt, he was cheating and not winning. Not a good combination. <laughs> right. At Well, at the highest levels, but there, you know, who knows? There's a D2, D3, D1A, you know, bottom of the food chain D1 school, then might at, give him a shot. Look at you freeze, right? He landed yeah. at Liberty. Exactly. Liberty's always looking for good coaches. To yeah. find God and coach the football team That's and right. raise money for the university. Yep. And uh, Freeze wound up back in the SEC. I mean, nothing surprises me. You know, nothing surprises me. It's 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 part of the reason why, like, I, I'm torn on all that's happening in college, you know, expansion, co- college conferences and their expansion and the Big Ten, the SEC taking everything over. Um, I, I'm torn because Oregon State's likely to be left out if that all takes place. But, um they're, they have a chance to like start the slate clean again if they were to just create this power conference. Who does? The Big Ten and the SEC. If they just say, we're not playing by NCAA's oh, rules. Okay. Like, we're okay. done with the NCAA. So like we're, we're big enough. We have 64 schools between, you know, 48 schools between the four, two of us. Maybe there's maybe it's Big 12 and maybe it's ACC and or Pac-12 or something like that. They say, we're just going to make our own new rules and they could start all over again because anything I hear in the NCAA, it just doesn't surprise me anywhere. It's it's so corrupted. It's so gross. It's so out of whack with what its intentions were um, and is doing the work on behalf of the abusers of the rules and, to the extent, and at the sacrifice and at the expense of kids, you know, young adults who are who are going to these universities in order to grow as human beings and, and they're not really getting a fair shot. They're it's being almost, exploited. It was almost kind of surprising because it's a, a case from the past. It was almost surprising because we we brought this above board now to see a school get slammed and like three hundred dollars in a bag. What's yeah. what's the big deal? I'm sure the you know there are players on the team now getting plenty, but through a channel of NIL, like hey, you're sponsored, you're sponsored by this. 
Yep. You know, I mean, we, we've talked about the LSU women's basketball team multiple times, yep. right? About Angel Reese potentially making over a million and a half dollars NIL. Um, it's a creative way of having an advantage by making sure the player gets delivered money, which again, I don't know about women's basketball, but in college sports at with the men at the highest level, it's been going on at least back to the 50s. Isn't that the world, though? Like, I mean, if you've got a talent and there is an organization that has the ability to get you, you know, in don't they usually get you? Doesn't doesn't you know Amazon have some of the best and brightest, and Apple have some of the best and brightest, and IBM have the best and brightest, and then of course there's some that can't be got that way. They so say I'm going to build my own thing. I'm going to you know I'm not going to go the traditional route, and they you know become their own, their own challenger. So I mean I think we've just taken our our capitalistic world and put it into college sports, which sounds gross, but at the same time. They made that decision. Right. The universities made that decision by monetizing these kids a long time there's ago. There's no cap on what they can make yep. and what and what the TV rights are. So, like going back to Gonzaga, Willie followed Gonzaga a lot because Julian Strother and Lee is dad. And look, listen, Drew Timmy, you're seeing now, like he's gonna have to fight his ass off to get into the NBA. Yep. Well, Gonzaga wanted him back the last couple of years, and last year there were rumors that he may have pushed up to like two million dollars in Good NIL, at least a million. Yeah. And, and like, if people react to that and they're like, "Mad, why?" Right. Mark Few's making a hell of a living off of the school is you know funding the school, making the fans and the alums feel good. They're donating more money. Why why can't a kid make some of that? Yeah, nobody would know what Gonzaga is, where it's located, or anything like that if their basketball program hasn't been on the map for the last twenty five years. Well, that was fun earlier when uh, Justin made us feel really old. Willie was talking about uh, being in high school in uh, what ninety six, ninety seven. We mm-hmm. were very old men back then. Uh, so a guy like Freddie Coleman on ESPN National, I think, connects with you. I have no idea how Freddie, how old Freddie is, but is he our age? I don't know if he's hit 50 yet, Okay, but I would guess he's in his 40s. So he was with Jay Williams and they were talking about what old NFL jerseys they've, and got you going? Yeah, they've taken over the, the, the morning show since all the firings. Freddie's been the host and they kept Jay Will. And they were talking about what fires you up for the season, what, what you think about. And he was talking about Jay Will was given his top five jersey colors like he talked about 49ers red the creamsicles of the buccaneers you know just the striking color that pops that gets you thinking and i was it got me thinking of about this time of the year what gets me excited for the nfl like what generates and when when you talk about those things you want to reach back to what made you fall in love with the game now, the controversy right now this week, especially today after yesterday, is the disregard for running backs nowadays. The top three – so when I started thinking, what players do I see that remind me of my love for the game? Mm-hmm. I thought of my top five. Okay. The top three are running backs. Yeah. Number five would be Drew Pearson, Dallas Cowboy guy. Number four would be Roger Steinbeck, again, a Dallas Cowboy fan. Three is Earl Campbell because you cannot talk about Monday Night Football highlights with Howard Cosell and watching that big dude jersey being torn off trying to pull down Earl Campbell's whose thigh is probably as big as our torso. Number two would be Tony Dorsett, a cowboy from those that time. And number one is my all-time favorite uh, football player, Walter Payton. Mm -hmm. There's three running backs. That's what reminds me of my love for the game. Watching those old school highlights, sweetness, TD, Earl Campbell. What? Yeah, drives you. You know, it's funny. I mean, I'm a Chargers fan, but I, like when I 
when you start talking about when you fell in love with the game, I think, you know, back to early days, you know, late elementary school, middle school type stuff. And um, none of no chargers come into my head during that time um, because I lived here. We didn't have cable out where I lived, actually. It's funny enough. So the games that I got to watch back then were typically 49ers games is what was on TV and they were good. And so the first like when you say, you know, go back in time when you're like first thinking about a football game, what pops in your head is Jerry Rice. Like right away, it's Jerry Rice in the, you know, the old 49er red, the white striped on the sleeve. Um, it's, you know, Montana and Young with Rice. Um, it's Walter Payton, too. And then it's Barry Sanders for me. Barry Sanders is like, that's when I've now moved into like real fandom. I'm in middle school as I'm moving into high school. Cable makes, makes its way out there. I finally get to watch ESPN for the first time in my life when I, I, think, I, I think I was 14. It's the first time I got to watch ESPN on a regular basis. And that's all I ever wanted on the TV was ESPN <laughs> because I didn't have to look in the newspaper right. to see like what happened, huh. you know? Uh, and, and frankly, anybody who's on super tech mobile, <laughs> anybody who's on there, That's a good like one. I can remember all the whole lineups, Christian Okoye, you know, you could go down the line Gotta play all. the Jerry ball defense. That's right. One step. And it's a sack. You, you have to, the offense has to go out of the shotgun or they can't get the pass. Yep. It's an automatic sack. I think Jerry ball had 124 sacks one year for me. It's unreal, <laughs> but, unreal. So but Jerry ball say, is my answer, but, but we got about 30 we, seconds left. When you talk about the colors, I'd say the powder blues from the chargers. 49er red. I'll give you the cowboy blue. You give me the dolphins teal. And and I think you got it going. 69187, keyword ESPN. 69187, our text line is open. So uh, what players of colors get you all fired up for the NFL season? Can I be a real cheese ball and just go to the future? Um, I like seeing the best and the best ever. And a lot of them play now. I'm having, uh, it's growing for me a healthy dislike of Patrick Mahomes, but watching him on this quarterback show, getting a chance to watch the greatest quarterback ever mm-hmm. enter his prime, that gets me fired up. To yeah. watch him throw from all these angles like a shortstop is freaking amazing. Justin, thank you. All right, getting the juices flowing for the NFL season. We'll get to some odds available, some bets available with the Buffalo Bills. Also, some follow up on the New England Patriots. Willie Cofield, Sam Paniotovich is with us. What's up, Sam? I made it back from the Poconos, pal. One piece. Uh, Great on the Poconos. What are we giving it? A B, A? What what do you got? A minus. Why? Oh, you wanted an answer too? Um, Let's see. I was off the grid. Nobody can get in touch with me. Not a cloud in the sky. Laying in a lake. Just basically off the grid, which was the best part. Because as you know me, I'm, I'm never really off the grid. And I did do your show last week and then just got pretty much the grill and chill going on from Tuesday night through Friday. And now I'm back in Boston, back on the grind, writing a story about what will happen to the MVP market if Shohei Otani gets traded to the National League. So I, I didn't take that much time off. But uh, have you guys had that conversation yet about Otani and what happens if he gets traded? Let's do it in a minute. Um, you had to sign up on social media, Shades of Death in the Poconos. What? It was just a hike, and okay. I obviously thought it was a little far-fetched, um, or far-fetched, excuse me. I thought, you know, this is <laughs> there's no way this is that dangerous. It was just a hike. It was like a three-mile yeah. hike in the middle of the mountains, and uh, that's the top of the 
uh, trail, by the way. So I was waiting for somebody to say, oh, you won't do it, you loser. Well, that's the top of the uh, Shades of Death trail, but not kind of boring. I mean, nobody really cares about hiking, do they? I figured it was for skiing. No, that's uh, yeah. that's just a, an up and like down some, through the mountain. Right, yeah. some double diamond thing, some double diamond reference. All right, Shades of Death. Let's make the cheesy segue. Uh, that could be what happens to the Angels when they get rid of Otani. Uh, it's a bad sign sure. for the organization if they can't keep him around. But you're right. If they trade him, then what will it do with the MVP? So uh, start off this discussion. What are you thinking? So I'm writing this story for Fox. It'll come out, I believe, Thursday morning. So hopefully if he gets traded, it won't happen until Thursday or Friday. But I have no control over that. <laughs> it's, you know, a juxtaposed conversation between me and Dave Sherapan and then a couple other baseball voters that I know in the in the space about, you know, what do you do to this market if Otani gets traded? And the conversation starts with, if Shohei Otani only plays 100 games, give or take, in the American League, is that enough to win the American League MVP. Like, let's say he gets traded to the Dodgers or the Mets or the Padres or whatever. Whatever team in the National League, Giants, they bundle up all the prospects and send them for Otani. If Otani gets traded and only plays 100 games in one league, can he win the MVP in that league? And I think the answer is no. So I'm looking at FanDuel, for example. FanDuel has Otani at minus 750 to win MVP. The next <laughs> highest guy is Corey Seager at 20 to 1. Then it's Kyle Tucker at 35. Then it's Bo Bichette at 35. Wander Franco, 40. Arazarena, 40. And, and down, down the line we go. If Otani gets traded, though, you would have to imagine that entire market goes to hell because you have to take Otani off the board, ideally. And then Corey Seager goes from 20 to 1 to 3 to 1, 4 to 1. Then Kyle Tucker goes from 35 to 8, and Bo Bichette goes from 35 to 12, and and these books are ha- going to have no idea really what to do because this has never happened before in a market that at current check is already decided. You got a guy minus 750, he's winning the freaking award. But Steve, if he gets traded to a different league, I mean, what do you think? Can he win the AL MVP with only Would. 95, 100 games? Yes. Um, I think I think he's oh. the runaway with his numbers right now with the, with the K's uh, on the on the pitching side and what is he sitting at thirty five and eighty five? I mean he's going to compete Something with like just that. about anyone out there. Um, whatever his WAR is is going to compete with uh, end of season totals for American League players. Um, would there be books who are like you know what let's screw it man we'll adjust we still want money on Otani and we want the intrigue of one of these guys in our, you know in the AL playing 150 games trying to catch a guy who's only put in 100 games I, th- I think it'd be fascinating but have you talked to books who are like nope we're out can't do it well Circa's not taking bets on MVP at all and that's by design now Chris Bennett's their sportsbook director and he said there's no way I can do that after the season has started I just don't have the tools in the in the belt, if you will. Um, it's a market they want to offer in season, but they just don't have the ability to do it. So Circa is not taking any MVP bets after opening day. Superbook currently has them down. South Point currently has them down. So it, it really, it's hard having a conversation with people that don't have the market up. Uh, but I talked to somebody at DraftKings and somebody at FanDuel, and they just said, look, we have a backup plan. We have a break glass for case of emergency. <laughs> And uh, you look, you bring up the war and all that. Yeah, Otani's war, his his offensive war right now is 4.3. And then his pitching war is 2.5. 
So he's essentially a you know a seven win player right, right now, right, right, on July eighteenth. Yes, and <laughs> I mean to your point, I mean that you know that still might be enough at the end of the season in the American League to win the award. But we've do we've never seen anything like this before, yeah. where the best player is on the freaking trade block going into the deadline. I mean the, the one example I remember is McGuire in ninety seven. McGuire was an Oakland A, and he was tearing the cover off the ball. But he got traded to the Cardinals that year, and he ends up hitting 58 home runs combined, which is a hell of a season, and it's probably an MVP in most seasons. So he hit, let's see, 34 in Oakland, 24 in St. Louis, but because he did 105 in Oakland and 51 in St. Louis, McGuire didn't win the MVP in the American League. They gave it to Griffey, the writers did, and then Larry Walker won it in the National League. But to your point, Otani is like, no pun intended, McGuire on steroids. <laughs> yeah. What about what about the crossover? Is there a possibility he could play just 60 games, take a team that's outside of the playoffs like the Padres, have them make the playoffs, go, I don't know, in 60 games, do 17 homers, 65 RBI, you know, whatever the strikeouts would be for his uh, 11 or 12 starts. Could, could someone win by bringing a team from behind the freaking MVP in 60 games in the National League? I don't think anybody's catching Acuna in the National League, man. I mean, this guy's nah, is the Braves are the gonna... Braves are good. Yeah, the Braves are awesome, yeah. and then he's going to put in a freaking thirty seventy season at a minimum. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get yeah forty seventy is very possible. Best player on the best team, and you look at his WAR. Um, you know, he's got a five four WAR right now, mm-hmm. and I'm not a big WAR guy. I just like that's a number that everybody can relate to because Ronald Acuna to this point through ninety two games has been worth five wins. That's insane. We're talking about, you know, a 10-win player. And it's hard to see a guy be worth 10 wins in one league and then Otani come in and and do six or seven in one league and then out-chair uh, Acuna. But we did see this in, uh, in the National Hockey League when Joe Thornton got traded in season to a different conference. He won the MVP, but again, the National Hockey League has one MVP. You get the Hart Trophy. Because mm, baseball okay. splits it by league, yeah. you know, American League, National League, it makes this a, a very real conversation. And uh, to bring this full circle, I think there's one bet to make, and I think, look, you can find Corey Seager right now. If you're feeling a little bit froggy, you can find Corey Seager to win the American League MVP at 25 to 1. He's the shortstop for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I mean, look, is he going to win it? The numbers say no. But where does that number go if Shohei Otani gets traded? It goes from 25 to 1 to, dude, like 3, 4 to 1, and that's not even hyperbolic. Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, Fox Sports. On this show, some people like the immaculate grid. I still haven't gotten into it. I feel like... Damon, are your antennas up when we were talking about all these numbers? Are you all fired up? You have something? Yeah, my question was going to be, Ellie De La Cruz, when you talked about the number of games played, is he in contention? Because I, I think he's around 35 right now, games played. Is he in contention for the NL Rookie of the Year? Oh, yeah. he's Not only is he in contention, he's right there like yeah. for the, the betting. You know, Corbin Carroll's minus 400, so you lay four to win one. Then it's De La Cruz at three to one. So 100 wins you 300. He's the second betting favorite right now for the National League Rookie of the Year. It goes Carroll, then De La Cruz, then his teammate McLean. Um, in fact, the Reds have five of the top seven contenders for Rookie of the Year. How about that? 
Five of the top seven rookies, the Reds have them in the National League. But no, I mean, Dela Cruz is right there. And Carroll just went through. Steve, you told me last week he was injured, right? So, yeah. you know, if he's going to miss substantial baseball, you know, Dela Cruz at three to one, you're not getting the best of the number. But no, he's right there in the hunt with, you know, 65 games left to go. Yep, and Carroll's had shoulder issues before, so maybe this injury turns into something that gets him down or has him down for the rest of the season. You know, on Nesson, you guys find some really good uh, specialty prop bets, and specialty is not the right word, but anyway, you, I, I like this one. When I started looking at it, I was like, these odds are ridiculous, and yet I have no confidence in any of this market. Think about the quarterback situation around the NFC West and the NFL and who could lead that division in quarterback passing yards. When you guys were going down, and I'm like, I have no idea who's going to win this, yet I don't know which long shot to take. <laughs> it's the unbettable prop, and I think that right? was the uh, the thesis we wound down to. Yeah, it's NFC West passing leader prop. Matt Stafford favored at three to two, then Purdy plus one sixty, Gino two and a quarter, and, and then Darnold at twenty to one, <laughs> and then Colt McCoy at twenty five, and Trey yep. Lance at fifty. Um. I, I, I'm trying to remember what I said on the show. I think I think I said Gino at plus two twenty five. Um, probably that the safest. Like, it stood out to me. I mean, it, like you can't take Drew Locke or Stetson Bennett or Kyler Murray. Those guys are all a hundred to one. You can't take McCoy. I, who did you say, Willie? Who would you bet? I would. Gino, I, I've been with you with Geno Smith. I think I think he you know he he sort of played with the chip on his shoulder. Um, two years ago when he stepped in. I think he proved a lot of people wrong last year, and I think that now he he's going to feel the personal pressure to live up to what he did in coming out of his shell. I like Geno Smith in that number, with that number. And it's his job. Like He's the only yeah. guy that we know right now on July 18th. He's the only guy we know for sure is starting week one. We have no clue about Stafford. You know, San Francisco says Purdy's okay, but we don't know. And then in Arizona, who gives a damn who starts? I mean, Kyler Murray's not going to come back if he comes back at all until week seven or eight. Yeah. Like Gino is Gino should be favored to win that market, but that's the power of Matthew Stafford and Brock Purdy, I guess. I don't know. What's the uh, podcast you're doing coming up? Um, give me the name because you guys are going to talk some British Open. Yeah, we're getting ready for that. I did bet some Justin Thomas too at sixty to one. I also bet him seven to Ooh. one to finish top ten. Yeah, I mean, All look, right. he's he's won majors before. He hasn't been playing well, but that's a good number. Jeff Sherman likes that as well. Uh, Justin Thomas. It's the uh, Cutmaker Pod with Jeff Seeley. So we're doing like a hybrid crossover podcast: Chicken Dinner and the Cutmaker Pod. He is a golf freak and i mean that in the best way jeff is a super sharp in golf so he's going to come at it from the number standpoint and i'm going to come at it from a john wayne standpoint just blazing blazing guns if you know what i mean so i saw uh, another one uh, discussed or at least brought up on ness and bats and i'm sure you're gonna have it on chicken dinner uh a book is actually booking who's gonna have more wins al central champ in baseball or al east last place yeah, so it's WinBet, which is doing it across the country in a couple states, okay. and yeah, you're basically you basically get the Red Sox or the Yankees against what the Twins, and who's going to win more games? And uh, <laughs> the the steam is on the AL Central champ from minus one twenty to minus one forty. I mean, I would think the Twins are going to get eighty five wins because the White Sox should sell, the Tigers should sell, the Royals absolutely blow. I mean that division is going wow. to open up even more. Oh, the, the, the division's awful. No, I just mean that's and a I great. Know, that really is a great prop. That is a yeah, great prop. Is. 
<laughs> yeah, and then you get so you get but you get the Red Sox or the Yankees, but those teams have to deal with the Rays and the Orioles and the Blue Jays the rest of the way. Yeah. It's a fascinating prop. Give Matt Lindeman a lot of credit over at WinBet. Yeah, AL Central champ, AL East bottom feeder. Who wins more games? Sam, you are the man. We'll see you, buddy. All right, peace out.